It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello again, everybody. It is time once again after a long layoff for the Silver Bullets podcast. I'm Michael Citro. And I'm Chip Minnick. Chip, it has been a while since you and I have done one of these shows. It has been actually since the uh, the week after the Rose Bowl. So uh, how you been, man? <laughs> I've been good. And I, it's it's nice to see you and uh, hear your voice and anxious to talk about Ohio State football with you once again. Yes. Yeah, so we are back and it's good to be back, but there are some things that have changed. We are no longer affiliated with Buckeye Scoop. We have moved on from Buckeye Scoop, and we have been embraced by the warm and loving arms of Land Grant Holy Land at SB Nation. So we're happy to be part of the Land Grant Holy Land family. And uh, nothing should change if you are a subscriber uh, to the podcast feed. You should continue getting the podcast. Uh, they were, they're also going to include our audio in their podcast feed, and we will have our posts uh, about these podcasts every week on landgrantholyland.com at SB Nation. So uh, that's the only thing that has changed, but I'm pretty excited about the new uh, the new digs. I am as well. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, besides the podcast, like you, I know that the grumpy old Buckeye column is going to be resurfacing at uh, Land Grant Holy Land. Um, I'm hoping to be able to contribute as a, a writer uh, as well, maybe not as as gloriously as the grumpy old Buckeye, but <laughs> you know, to be able to write periodically besides podcasting. Yes, glory is definitely the watchword for the grumpy old Buckeye. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good to have a new home. Uh, we we do want to thank Tony Gerdeman for all he did for us in uh, not only at Buckeye Scoop, and and he's the main reason that we moved over there. And he, of course, is no no longer there either for basically the same reasons. We're no longer over there. And uh, before that, even uh, at the ozone.net, he was uh, very good in, in giving us a home for the Silver Bullets podcast over there. So thanks to Tony. Yes. Um, again, uh, certainly no hard feelings on our on our end, you know, towards Tony. Um, I'm certainly uh, happy that that he has resurfaced uh, in his new venture with Buckeye Huddle and Tom Orr and mm-hmm. you know Alex Gleitman and a lot of the other um, Ross Fulton you know a lot of the people that w- that we were associated with uh, previously uh, you know without taking too many shots I think people that are familiar um, you know I, I think of anything I, I think 
speaking for us, uh, we're happy to, again, you know, we're, we're optimistic and, and happy about the future with Land Grant Holy Land, and we wish nothing but the best for Tony and everyone um, with their new venture. Yeah, in fact, we had already made the decision to leave Buckeye Scoop. It, it really, we started talking about it in the middle of last season uh, when Buckeye Scoop's credentials were pulled. I, I know that it, it didn't sit well with me. I'm My journalism degree from The Ohio State University means a lot to me, and it's important to me, and I didn't want to be associated with um, a site that had that very same university yanking its press credentials. So. Um, you and I made the decision to finish out the season. There were only a few weeks left in the regular season and then the bowl season. And so we did that. And, uh, and here we are. And I'm, it's funny because we had already made the decision to, to leave. We'd already found a new home. And then about a month went by. And then all of those guys you just mentioned went off to uh, uh, split off and, and formed Buckeye Huddle. So uh, but it's it's good for them, and they've got a bunch of podcasts. We were we were kind of lost a little bit in the shuffle with all the podcasts over there, and um, here we you know there's there's still several shows on Land Grant Holy Land, but we hope to be a, maybe a little bit more um, part of the team, or at least feeling like we're not like on the outsider or anything. No, absolutely. Like I said, I think I think we're very excited about this opportunity and wish them nothing but the best. Yeah, some big thanks to Matt uh, Tamanini who has helped us uh, with our move to Land Grant Holy Land. Uh, he was uh, he welcomed us with with open arms, and um, you know, I when I contacted him to tell tell him a little bit about who we were, he already was well aware of who we were and and was very excited to have us come aboard. So um, you know, thanks to Matt. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt. Looking forward to working with you and being a part of the team. All right. So with that out of the way on our new digs at Land Grant Holy Land, let's talk a little bit about some of the big stories from the off season because you and I haven't talked in a while. And I don't think there was any bigger thing to come out of the off season than the announcement that USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten. And this was kind of came out of nowhere. It was you know, there was all of that expansion talk a while back and still some people thought some things might happen in the future. But then there was the, the gentleman's agreement so that we were, were not going to uh, raid each other's conferences. And and then basically the the two biggest names, if you will, in uh, not not just football, but I mean, across all sports in uh, in the Pac-12 are coming to the Big Ten. What What was your initial reaction? I, uh, stunned, uh, for lack of a, for lack of a better word, uh, quite frankly, um, you know, at the end of June, as you said, you know, you, you want to talk about, you know, thinking that, all right, there, the expansion talks had, had pretty much, you know, come, you know, come to a, an end, so to speak, you know, from like last year, we, you know, we were kind of, everyone was shocked with the news about Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and, you know, all like, well, the big 10, like you, you alluded to with, you know, they had formed the alliance between the ACC and the, and the PAC 12 and, oh, there was going to be possibly some scheduling and how this was going to work. And it was, you know, to kind of form against the SEC and their expansion. And then, and then at the end of June with the news that uh, USC and UCLA were joining and just speaking for myself, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar or, you know, a number of our listeners, but the person that I happened to see on my Twitter feed that, that broke the story first, and I'm sure that there are a lot of people who might want to claim, I'm just going to throw out the name John Wilner, who is a very prominent writer on the West coast, you know, for, you know, in terms of like very well connected in terms of the, the PAC 12. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, that, that story just kind of spread like wildfire and there were, there were no denials that this was happening. It was pretty much as I recall, seem to recall, it was okay. It seemed to happen. You know, the, the news broke uh, on June 30th or something along those lines. And then it was pretty much okay. Later that afternoon, evening, the big 10 network was, they, they did announce USC and UCLA that evening. We're officially going to join at the beginning of the 2024 season. So um, I know that there are a lot of logistics that have to be figured out, you know, considering uh, I, maybe I'm mistaken here that uh, the, the closest school to either university 
uh, is Nebraska, which is 1500 miles away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in terms of, it, you know, like it's not just going to be for football either. I think, you know, like all the, all those different sports that are involved, but it certainly sounds as though the, um, everything that I've read, everything that I've heard is that this was not the big 10 aggressively going after it. It was more that USC and UCLA saw the opportunity to become uh, members of the big 10. They were excited. They approached the big 10 and the big 10 enthusiastically welcomed them in uh, for 2024. Yeah. It's, it's not just for football and basketball. You think of those, of course, the revenue sports, but those schools have a long tradition in many, many other sports, and they are instantly going to give Big Ten credibility in, in a number of different sports, soccer, and uh, basically everything except uh, beach volleyball. So I guess they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to play Indiana beach volleyball. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, I mean, it's it. I, I uh, what was it? I guess a couple weeks ago with the Big Ten media days. Um and Kevin Warren said that it's kind of all right. Their their sole focus now is trying to onboard both institutions to be ready to go. I mean, like two years from now, it is it is official. I mean, like, and it sounds to me like there's a lot of eyes that need to be dotted and, and T's that need to be crossed, so to speak, to to make it happen. So even though I'm sure that you hear the rumors and you know, read the rumors and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Uh, It sounds to me like, yes, the big 10 is interested in other candidates, but by no means um, are they, you know, actively trying to, uh, you know, take over the, you know, like other PAC 12 schools. I I think that there's interest there, but I think Mm -hmm. there's, it's all, all hands on deck trying to get USC and UCLA fully up to speed uh, for 2024. Yeah, and there's it's, it's some sticky wickets there too because if you want a Washington or an Oregon, there's a lot of noise about how they may not be interested in coming without their uh, state counterpart, like Oregon without Oregon State or Washington without Washington State. Uh, but I don't know how much interest there is in the Beavers, you know, as as opposed to the Ducks, um, and and the same with you know the Cougs in addition to the Huskies, but. Um, you know, you have to you have to look at those uh, AAU schools uh, because, you know, you're, you're not going to relax those those um, research requirements. You know, I think everybody still in the in the Big Ten, except Nebraska, which I l- believe lost its AAU membership or rating uh, is, is still in AAU member. And that's, I think, very important to the presidents of this conference. And but in the meantime, there's a lot going on with this, this, this West coast trips and the teams coming in from the West coast. It's going to expand travel. It's going to be uh, more expensive, uh, of course, especially for the non-revenue sports and some things will probably be put in place to kind of offset that a little bit. But uh, as far as travel's concerned, those teams got to change time zones to come over and play over here. But the teams that go out there also have to change those time zones and, and go over there. So I think it's still an, a relatively even playing field overall. So here's what what is kind of, I guess you could say, um, even before the, the the big news of USC and UCLA, um, like if you were to go on the HiaSateBuckeyes.com website, um, even prior to the uh, the news of USC and UCLA, the future schedules that you can normally see, you know, the the future opponents and things that had all been removed. And that, you know, because that was part of a larger discussion about the Big Ten possibly doing away with divisions. And now with getting back to the USC-UCLA issue, okay, how will that impact, you know, like how will you possibly rotate games? So there's a lot that needs to be figured out. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it sounds as though Kevin Warren and the other athletic directors are certainly going to be very busy over the next uh, ne- next couple of seasons. For sure. As uh as I did, you also grew up in an era where, you know, we didn't really think too fondly of USC. We have a lot of bad memories of Rose Bowls against USC. What is what did that do for you? You know, that feeling of, of now they're going to be conference opponents. 
How did that affect you when you heard that news? I, it's yeah, like you said. I mean, I you know, like yeah, the 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 visions of um, you know, unfortunately, showing my age here, Charles White, um, you know, in 1980 in the Rose Bowl, you know, uh, stabbing Ohio State's fans in the, through the heart, you know, for thwarting um, uh, Earl Bruce's first year as a possible national championship. Um, that that being among you know, many memories. Um, it's just gonna, it's gonna take some doing. I mean, I, it's like right now, cause it's still in the abstract. You know what I mean? Like, I know that it's coming and I know that it's gonna, I really haven't, I mean, it's gonna be difficult for me to start thinking of them as a conference rival in the same way, you know, like it took some, it took some speaking for myself, it took some doing to get used to Nebraska. As a conference rival, I mean, it wasn't as difficult for Penn State just because geographically, you know, with Penn State being adjacent, you know, Penn State being adjacent state over. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to take some doing. I, I mean, it, uh, yeah, like you said, it's you know, USC and Ohio State have a long storied history, uh, predominantly built around Rose Bowl games. And we're still not used to Rutgers and Maryland being in the. Big <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not. That's true. That's true. Um, I remember having to be almost physically removed from the stadium on a stormy Saturday when there was still time on the clock against USC with yep. Ohio State trailing and, and having just failed to recover an onside kick uh, when John Cooper uh, famously gave up and uh, said, I guess we, uh, we won't play the last uh, minute and a half of this game. Uh, despite having some timeouts and, and still a, a, a mathematical chance at a victory. Um, and that was, that was where I kind of turned on John Cooper for good uh, <laughs> that particular day. You don't quit. You don't give up. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's not as if John had endeared himself anyway over the previous years at Ohio State with his uh, bowl losses and losses to Michigan and that kind of thing. Here's just a random prediction, kind of going back to what I said a moment ago about the scheduling. And again, it's just by, by no means have I read this or anything. This is just this is Chip Minute going off on a on a tangent here. Is I would think obviously the you know like the introduction of USC and UCLA into the conference is going to be a big thing. That it would not be shocking to me whatsoever if. USC at Ohio state is the opening game of the 2024 college football season. You know, like in mm -hmm. some way, you know, like, like it could be like, that could be, you know, here's, you know, like let's showcase two of our crown jewels of the, of in the same conference. Let's start off the season that way. That's just, again, just purely speculation on my part. Yeah. It wouldn't be surprising at all to have, uh, you know, the two big, brand names uh, squaring off uh, to kick off the season. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how it goes and we'll have to see how the fallout goes from this moving forward. There are, there are certainly ripples that could come from other conferences. Uh, there's been a lot of Notre Dame talk since this happened. Um, you know, there, there are schools in the big 12 ACC, you know, teams, schools that know that the writing might be on the wall and maybe it's, it's time to you know make your pitch and, and try to get in good with the uh, with the super conferences now uh, before everything else kind of gets decided for you. So you know USC and UCLA they they took matters into their own hands, and I think we're going to see a little bit more of that in the next year or two. Yeah, we're we're all waiting on the release of the new media agreement. Uh, it's been rumored to be, I mean, quite substantially. <laughs> lucrative, uh, which is part of what was the attraction um, for USC and UCLA. Uh, and I saw something recently where it might be uh, with, you know, not just uh, Fox uh, being the, the Big Ten's major media partner, but also um, rumors that NBC would be like likely to have Big Ten games going into the night, kind of like what they do for Sunday night football with the NFL. So kind of, if you want to think of it, like you start off your day on Saturday, you, you know, like watching, you know, a game on Fox uh, or the Big Ten network. And, and then you finish your day, you know, like an NBC, you know, Big Ten game of the week or whatever it might be. 
uh, kind of, you know, almost, uh, you know, I might have to call on my inner Michael Citro powers to be able to stay up, you know, like if they have kickoffs at 1030, but um, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to say the least. I'm ready for Hawaii to join the big 10 chip. <laughs> ready for that to happen. There you uh, go. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it would be cool to have a big 10 after dark game every week. If one of the California schools was at home or if Oregon or somebody comes in, that would be, that would be kind of cool to, to start and end your day with the big 10 and um, something that really the sec at this point couldn't really match yet. Not yet. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's, it's kind of starting, like you said, you use the term super conference. It's starting to shape up as, okay. On one hand, you've got the big 10 uh, and, and I, I mentioned Fox. And on the other hand, you have the sec and we'll just say ESPN. Uh, you know, and it's kind of, you know, how you want to align yourself and we'll just see, uh, you know, like you said a few moments ago about other teams that might be interested that might be looking to join again, it's pure speculation. Like you said, you know, some of the different teams that, that, that are out there, it could be, you know, within a few weeks, some, some more news by the same token, we might not know anything for another year. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really up in the air. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, it's uh, it definitely gave us plenty to talk about and think about this summer, which is which is always good. You want to have news. You just don't want it to be about your the players on your team in the offseason. You just want it to be something that's, you know, all above board. You don't want to hear, hear any uh, any problems. And, and that was a, a big talking point this summer. Some more talking points we've got coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about the coaching changes at Ohio State. We're going to tell you what's coming up in store for you, the listener of the Silver Bullets podcast, in the weeks to come as we count down to Ohio State against Notre Dame in the opener. And we're going to get to all of that right after this. And we're back, Chip. Chip, I want to talk about some coaching changes, of course. When you and I left off, there was a whole different staff in place, or at least several staff members in place that are not there anymore. We've got coaches out, coaches in. Let's start with the coaches out. Defensive coordinator, Kerry Combs. I don't think it was a big surprise that he was on his way out after last season, um, especially that, uh, that performance in the game. That left a lot of people feeling pretty down on the defense. <laughs> Uh, a defense that really underperformed all season long. And in addition to Kerry Combs leaving Al Washington, the linebackers coach left secondary coach, Matt Barnes left and the offensive line coach, Greg stood uh, Stadrawa left. Any surprises there for you? Not really. I, I guess, you know, with the, if there had to be a surprise, it would probably be Stadrawa uh, just be on the offensive side. Uh, but Getting back to the, the heart of the matter, the, the defense was, I mean, that was the Achilles heel, heel for Ohio State uh, in 2021. And let's face it, in 2020, it was was an issue. I, you know, just looking back on it, um, I kind of, you know, I, I genuinely feel bad for Kerry Combs. I was one of the people that was very excited when Kerry Combs came back. Uh, after Jeff Halfley left to become the head coach at Boston College. And in the back of my mind, I, as much as, as excited as I was, in the back of my mind, there was always this nagging question of, okay, I know the guy can recruit, mm-hmm. and I know he's, he, he's got you know, enthousi- boundless enthusiasm, which is, which is tremendous, and the players love him, but he's never coordinated a defense before. And then in 2020 – just speaking as, as objectively as I possibly can with everything that happened in the world with COVID and shutting down of spring practice. And then we don't have to rehash the, the pain that was about the, the big 10 canceling and then resuming their, their season and all of that. It was kind of like, okay, well, he really didn't have a, a chance to kind of work with, the team during those crucial spring practices and the summer was disjointed. So the 2020, okay, let's give him a pass. And then last year it was obvious. He was, he was in over his head and as you know, I wish him nothing but the best. I, I thank him for 
everything he did uh, during his two stints in Columbus. Uh, I'm sure he'll he'll do well down in Cincinnati, where he went to be a, a secondary coach for Luke Fickle. Uh, but this was this was definitely a move that needed to be made. I mean, I know that the fans were kind of saying that that Ryan Day probably should have done it after 2020. But again, I think that you know some of those so some of those thoughts about the the disjointed abbreviated season of 2020. I think that probably weighed on Ryan Day as well. Yeah, and and I think it's it's probably not fair to give someone only one year. You know, people grow into jobs. It's uh, it's it's not like it's not like a, a position that can't be learned. You know, calling a defense is a little bit different than than just coaching a position group. And you know, you would you would think that you know you take your lessons that you learned in the off season, you apply it to twenty twenty one, and 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 then in twenty twenty one when things were even worse, it was the writing really wasn't on the wall completely until uh those those calling the the defense duties were removed once that happened it was pretty much a, a fait accompli yeah i think if memory serves you know after ohio state lost in week two to oregon which kind of you know then they were you know we kind of i remember discussing it with you last year when it happened it's okay you have to you have to win out i mean there was nothing guaranteed i mean you had to pretty much you had to win out win the Big Ten just to kind of get yourself back into the college football playoff discussion. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for Ohio State, uh, yes, they they were winning. However, in terms of the defense, it never really, you know, it didn't ever seem to really click or gel to the, to the point that you needed uh, for a championship level season. Um, talked about how it kind of came to a head uh, in that painful loss for the first time in 10 years, you know, up, up in Ann Arbor, you know, since in 2011. Um, and like you said, the, it, the writing was on the wall. I think he was to his credit, Kerry Combs was a good soldier. He never complained. He never pouted about it. He mm-hmm. wasn't happy about it, but he, he did the best job he possibly could. And then at the end of the season, when the decision was made, um, you know, to, to bring in Jim Knowles as the new defensive coordinator. I mean, he quickly landed on his feet at Cincinnati. Yeah. So let's talk about the influx of coaches. You mentioned Jim Knowles, defensive coordinator, brought in offensive line coach and associate head coach for offense, Justin Fry, secondary coach, Tim Walton, and safeties coach, Perry Eliano. Um, Knowles getting a lot of props for uh, turning Oklahoma State's defense into a defense that resembled a defense outside the Big 12, uh, where teams actually get some stops. And uh, they were able to do that in their conference in the Big 12 against some pretty prolific offenses. They were able to get takeaways. They were able to get sacks. And these were things that were in shorter supply for Ohio State. So obviously, uh, that was something that was attractive to, to Ryan Day. Um, what do you make of the Jim Knowles hire and what do you make of it now after, um, you know, maybe some toes were stubbed in the, uh, the recruiting process defensively in, in recent weeks? Well, uh, I, I will give Ryan day credit for the following things. Like last year, one of the, one of the criticisms that, that I heard uh, of Ryan day was that he was supposedly insistent. Well, I want, the, I want the defense to play a single high safety, you know, which was the, the scheme that Jeff Hapley had coached mm-hmm. that Ohio State thrived in 2019. And then Kerry Combs was basically supposedly told, this is why I want you to run, but he had never coached it. And again, I mean, it, it, getting back to Ryan Day, my criticism turns to praise in the sense that not only he recognized, okay, something needed to be done, but from everything that I understand is that Jim Knowles is, is in essence, the head coach of the defense that Ryan day recognizes. All right. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to let Jim Knowles coordinate this defense in the manner that he sees fit. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, like the, the scheme, the, the terminology, uh, Jim Knowles is also not only going to be coordinating it, but he's also going to be coaching the linebackers. And since you and I are, mutual all-time favorite Buckeye, 
you know, is, is a former linebacker and Chris Spielman, like I, you know, and linebacker play, let's face it has fallen off dramatically mm-hmm. over these last few years. I'll be anxious to see, uh, some improvement there. Uh, your question about the recruiting in, in recent weeks, you know, possibly like, you know, like, uh, you know, like stub toes, I think is the way that you refer to it. Uh, I think it might be a circumstance where the recruits, and again, this is just imagine trying to get in the, the heads of 18, you know, 17, 18 year olds, uh, that you've never met. Uh, I think that part of, part of the challenges that, that, they're having on the defensive side of the ball is they have not yet seen the Ohio state defense in action. And we're only a few weeks away from the kickoff of the season. Not that I'm expecting Jim Knowles to be a miracle worker. I'm not expecting, I know, I know Ryan days is counting on it. He is he publicly stated. He's expecting like a top 10 caliber defense. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if Ohio state is, markedly improved i'm not going to be so bold as to say top 10 and i think once that once you start to see the results on the field and and it's not nearly it's not just projection and speculation i think the defensive recruiting will improve as a result of seeing the improved play that's mm-hmm. just it's a long-winded answer to your question there. Now, did Ryan Day specify he wanted a top 10 defense in the country or in the Big Ten? <laughs> I think it was in the country, but yeah, like I, I, I have no doubt that they would be in the top, the top 10 in the Big Ten. Okay. Um, that would be so, good. yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, Larry Johnson uh, is the, the lone holdover. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's kind of, he's earned the right to, you know, basically go out on his own terms. And um, from everything that I understand uh, as far as like the incoming freshmen where they actually had a number of uh, talented defensive linemen come in, um, they're already turning heads. They're already kind of showing that they can be counted on granted, like in a limited capacity within the, Mm -hmm. within the rotation. Um, But yeah, I'm former Buckeye, Tim Walton, uh, Perry Eliano, uh, I think that they, you know, they've been tasked, okay, we need to improve the secondary. Like I said, a few moments ago, Jim Knowles, we have to improve linebacker play. Everybody has to get this, get this fixed because Ryan day, I think he has, he has exceptional confidence in himself that the offense is not going to miss a beat under his tutelage. Yeah. And you and I were, we're, we're going to be watching the defensive line with a great deal of interest because we didn't pull any punches last year with Larry Johnson. We didn't feel like he was doing a great job last year. We feel like, you know, he's, he's a a very highly respected defensive line coach for good reason. He still recruits very well and he, his players love him. And yet we felt that was an area that underperformed last year and uh, especially out on the edge and, and, Jim Knowles is tasked with getting pressure off the edge because you, you, if you're going to recruit guys like Zach Harrison, those guys need to be factors. And if they're not factors, then is it the player's fault? Is it the scheme's fault? Is it the coaching's fault? Uh, you know, somewhere you got to identify what the problem is. And we, we know that Jack Sawyer looks like he's the part. Uh, Zach Harrison has shown flashes, but he's never really, you know, reach that level of, of even approximating with the, the Bosa's and the chase, uh, um, you know, chase is done here, but it, at the same time, you can't worry about whether or not they're going to reach that level because that's on, that's an unrealistic expectation, but they have to reach a very high level. Absolutely. And you mentioned Jack Sawyer. Uh, I think, uh, he, is is being counted on uh, JT Tuimolowau, and I'm I apologize <laughs> if I'm butchering that last name. I'm trying. Um, I, I I believe that he will also be a factor. Both of them as sophomores. Uh, Tyler Friday is back. Uh, didn't play last year. I think there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle that that we're we haven't seen yet. But it, you mentioned Zach Harrison. Uh, you know, it's, there's been a lot of expectations on Zach Harrison to rise up. This is his last chance to kind of fulfill those high expectations, fair or unfair that were placed upon him coming into such a high position. So, 
you're right. Uh, I, I don't think Larry Johnson should get a free pass. Uh, you know, the, the pressure needs to be there from the defensive line. Uh, and I think if anything, you know, like the, the defense, I, I'm looking for a marked improvement. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be so bold as to say top 10 improvement like coach day, but then again, coach day can, can keep the, can keep the pressure on coach Knowles and the rest of the defensive staff. Yeah. I mean, with the offense that we expect, if you're a top 20 in the country defense, it should be good enough to, you know, win 90% of your games. Oh, certainly. And, and handily. Yeah. With, without question, I mean, and I know we're going to talk extensively about Ohio state, uh, you know, in the coming weeks, you know, when we start looking at um, the, the big 10 breakdown and things like that, the schedule itself it kind of lends I mean, the schedule in my estimation has a number of challenges, but for the, for the most part, maybe you disagree, or maybe our listeners disagree. Uh, the, yeah. You, I mean, you start off the, you know, against Notre Dame and that's going to be a tough opponent right out of the gate, but you know, you have a couple games. I'm not saying that they're going to be, you know, you know, that you're going to just, just roll your helmet out and just win the game. But I think the the Arkansas state game, the Toledo game, those are opportunities for that defense to really kind of start to hit its stride, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in, you know, in the, in the non-conference before you get into big 10 play, build some confidence, build some chemistry, yep. uh, really get on the, you know, put in some of the things that maybe Jim Knowles hasn't had a chance to, 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 you know, maybe just doesn't feel comfortable calling them against Notre Dame, but maybe he'll feel more comfortable calling them against those opponents later. So yeah, you're right. Uh, but we'll, we'll be watching this defense because that's, that's where all the eyes are going to be. I mean, it's, we'll talk a lot about the offense and the defense in our, in our, you know, weeks ahead, as we look ahead to specific opponents. Um, but can we uh, talk about, can we talk about the offensive line too? We can talk about the offensive line. Yeah. Since, what, Cause what, well, what well, here's, mind chip. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's the reason why I wanted to bring it up is, um, cause I mean, Justin Fry, you know, he, I don't want to say he's the forgotten man. It's just that, you know, like the defense was such a glaring concern and, you know, we, as we uh, have alluded to, you know, it had to be addressed and Ryan day did. And kind of what I said earlier about how, you know, Stu Drawa being relieved of his coaching duties to bring in Justin Fry. Just again, my, my estimation is that Justin Fry coming from UCLA, a Chip Kelly disciple uh, and the fact that Ryan day previously had worked with and for Chip Kelly and played for Chip Kelly. The fact that I think there might be a opportunity for better cohesiveness with the running game. And what I mean by that is, you know, Chip Kelly, you know, for all of the, you know, you know, all of the highs and lows that he's had within his coaching career, He's he's always been very effective at running the ball uh, throughout his his different stops, and I think that's one of the one of the other shortcomings that Ohio State had last year. You know, w- when we think of traditional Ohio State football, you know, we're you know the 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 old adage of you know three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, Ohio State struggled to run the ball in short yardage last year on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. Again, we have no idea. Right now, the idea is that Paris Johnson is, is going to be starting at left tackle, whereas last year he played guard. Uh, that you know uh, Donovan Jackson, who played uh, in spot duty and uh, as a as a freshman, is projected to be left guard. Uh, Luke Whipler back at center, uh, and then as far you know, like Matthew Jones at right guard, and then Dewan Jones at right tackle. That getting back to the guards, that Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones. Instead of, and this is not meant to sound like a shot at uh, Coach Stud, then instead of that, okay, let, let's get the five tackles out. I know this is something that's near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Like, okay, let's let's play guards, like actual like guards, you know, guys that are that are going to be lower to the ground and you know play with some some nastiness to them. And I and I'm not saying that that they're dirty players. I'm just saying that I think Donovan Jackson. Matthew Jones, I think they're the kind of guys that that truly revel in being road graders, and I think that's what I'm kind of anxious to see Ohio State have a more effective running game than they did last year. Yeah, size is great, but if you're getting beat at the snap uh, for quickness, you're not going to make your block anyway. So uh, I think it'll be 
it'll be interesting to keep an eye on how those guards perform this year. There's certainly talent on the offensive line. Uh, in fact, as we record this on the eighth, uh, you know, we heard today from Justin Fry. Justin Fry spoke to the media and he talked about how Luke Whipler has a chance to be an elite center, it, like we've seen at Ohio State in the past with Corey Lindsley and and uh, you know guys like that, um, Nick Mangold. I mean, there, there's a, a a great history of of centers at Ohio State, and he could be that next one. Uh, Dewan Jones talking about how he's he feels like he's quicker dropping back in pass protection because he's lost ten pounds. I'm sorry, Dewan, but if you've only lost ten pounds, I don't even know how you've noticed this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's he's a, just a massive <laughs> individual. I, I can only, I mean, we talk about offensive linemen. Uh, they say that he is a, just a tremendous basketball player. I can't even imagine what that must be like, you know, to see him, you know, just, you know, post up on the, you know, on, on the on the court. Because, I mean, at, at that size, but, you know, to be able to move you know, with, you know, like 350, 360 pounds, six foot eight. Uh, I mean, that's just got to be something to behold. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Justin Fry does for this offensive line in, and, you know, and honestly an offensive line that performed pretty well on early downs, but like you mentioned, when they got into short yardage situations where you think those tackles would have an effect, uh, just, you know, stay behind them and, and wait for them to move the pile that was where they kind of failed last year. And uh, it was, it was a little bit inexplicable, but uh, you know, maybe restoring the balance to the offensive line will, will account for some of that. And, and also you might not lose yards or have some, some neutral or negative plays early when you do, uh, you know, wide runs where you're pulling somebody because those guards can get out in front and make those blocks where sometimes the tackles can't, can't get out there with uh, not quite as quick uh, to get out there. Yeah, I just I I realize it's not necessarily the most sexy or exciting thing, but there's something to be said about, you know, when it's third and one and you need obviously you need to get that yard and everybody in the stadium knows that you that you're going to run for it and you can still do it. Mm-hmm. That to me, that's I I mean call it call it arrogance or confidence. I I mean overconfidence. I just to me there is something about being able to just run the ball down after down, burn up clock, wear, wear your opposition down. To me, that's what I kind of associate traditionally with Big Ten football. And, and Ohio State seemed to have gotten away from it. I know that, uh, you know, Ryan Day, you know, bristles at the idea of being called like a finesse team. Um, I, like I said, I think that he kind of looked at things, the big picture. We already talked about the defense. I think he recognized the fact that they needed to be, get tougher offensively running the ball with, and that starts with the offensive line. Yeah, I agree with you. And, um, uh, and you gave me a little flashback there for a minute, uh, of, of juice Williams and the fighting line, oh. uh, where yes. you know what's coming and you can't stop it anyway. That's right. That's right. But Hey, it worked. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, well, you and I let's tell let's talk a little bit about what's ahead in the coming weeks because uh, we, you know we're we're approaching the 2022 season rapidly. This off season went by in the blink of an eye, and uh, you and I are going to do our Big Ten West preview next week. We're going to talk about um, the teams in the Western Division where we think they'll finish. We're going to follow that up with our Big East preview the week after that. And we'll take a look at, you know, some of the skill positions because we really haven't talked about those today. I mean, we could probably do 30 minutes in our sleep on Jackson Smith and Jigba alone, <laughs> um, but uh, and Travion Henderson and all those guys. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in the coming weeks. And then, of course, uh, three weeks from this show is our first game preview. We'll be getting ready for the Notre Dame game. Of course, we'll have our our picks to click and our score predictions like we always do and and then we'll be in the season. We'll be coming back and, and going through game by game and, and analyzing it, breaking it down and seeing how we, we did with our picks to click and all of the, and our predictions and all of that. So silver bullets, man, we are back and we're back. It, 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 in some respects, it feels like it's been years since you and I spoke. And in some respects, it seems like we just were doing this. Right. Well, I mean, let's face it. It was, you know, it was, you know, kind of a, 
difficult thing, um, but a necessary thing. We, you know, we alluded to it at the, at the beginning of the podcast. Um, like you said, you know, I, I respect um, Tony and, and Tom and, and everybody. And, and it was a difficult situation for everyone. I respect you. Uh, I respect the fact, you know, how, you know, in terms of what you said earlier, in terms of your, like the, the credentials and, you know, the reputation of your journalism degree and all of those things, it, it was, it was a difficult decision, but a necessary one. And um, certainly, again, have no hard feelings towards uh, Tony or Tom, happy that they're, you know, or anyone that, that has resurfaced at Buckeye Huddle, uh, certainly wish them nothing but the best. Um, but yeah, getting back to, you know, the fact that we're doing this again, yeah, like the off season, it's, it's always one of these things where it seems like it, it, it's never going to end. And then the next thing you know, like as soon as the, as soon as the calendar gets into August, like the, the days fly by and the next thing you know, it's like, man, you know, it's football season is rapidly approaching. And I, I, for one, I always, I always try to relish it because it goes by so fast. Yeah. Got to savor every one. It's uh it's the best time of the year. And you're right. As soon as you have that move in day, for the football team, it feels like you blink and the season starts. Yes, absolutely. The next thing you know, we'll be talking about, you know, possible drink specials at the outer end and all those <laughs> other kind of good things. I like drink specials at the outer end. <laughs> I like that. I miss those. <laughs> I haven't been there in a while. I know. I know. All right. Well, here's how you can get involved because we're going to try to stay more involved with you, our listeners, moving forward. We have resurrected our Twitter account, for example. And that is at Silver Bullets Pod on Twitter, but the silver doesn't have an E in it because there's not enough uh, characters. So it's S I L V R Bullets Pod at S I L V R Bullets Pod. You want to ask Chip and I a question? Go for it. We have a dedicated email now, Silver Bullets Pod. It's got the E in it, it's got the whole, you spell the whole thing out, Silver Bullets Pod at gmail.com. We're happy to answer any questions you have. Uh, please feel free to hit us up or just give us a shout. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what kind of things you'd like us to talk about. We we'd value your input, but uh, we would like to be more involved with our community. And so the Twitter is out there. It has been resurrected. I don't think it had been used in over two years, maybe longer. And we also uh, never had really our own dedicated Gmail account before. So now we've we've got all of that, Chip. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Chip, is there anything else we need to discuss in this, our 114th episode of the Silver Bullets podcast? I have not been on all of these. I, I was not an original host of this show, but uh, I've been around for the majority. <laughs> all right. Chip has frozen. It took the whole entire show for that to happen. But um, about topics. So oh, there you are. Sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah. You, you froze on me and I was just going to so go ahead you, and sign off. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. Cause you, you it froze on me too, but um, yeah, I, I, if anything, I'm anxious to get back anxious to get back in the swing of things. Uh, please send us tweets, comments, questions, you know, ideas, whatever you may have. Uh, Michael and I are certainly anxious to talk about them. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll we'll be on the lookout to have some special guests as well along the way. Uh, it's always fun to talk to some of the folks that cover some of these teams that that Ohio State's playing and get their perspective on on what they think is going to happen and and you know give us all the lowdown on on players that might be injured or players that might be starting to emerge that we might not otherwise notice. Uh, just seeing them like once every every couple of weeks when we're. We're going through, we, we, you know, you and I watch as many games as we can, uh, but they're not all Big Ten games. So sometimes, uh, you know, we don't always see the day-to-day the -day changes at, say, Michigan State or Northwestern or someplace like that. Yeah, we're two weeks, speaking of Northwestern, as of Saturday, we're two weeks away from uh, Nebraska and Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland, you know, wow. so in week zero. So can't wait. Just like our grandfathers used to watch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Precisely. All right. That's going to do it for episode 114 of the Silver Bullets podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Chip. Uh, let everybody know where 
they can find you on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at Chip Minnick. Uh, again, the, the Twitter name is, is, is not the, the most creative. It's just at Chip Minnick. Uh, last name is spelled M-I-N-N-I-C-H. Uh, and uh, like I said earlier, hoping to be a contributor to Land Grant Holy Land, but I am a contributor to Athlon Sports. So you may see some uh, articles from me uh, previewing Ohio State, as well as, uh, as Michael said, other college football teams. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Mike36Fan. And of course, you can find the Silver Bullets podcast at Silver Bullets Pod with no E in silver, S-I-L-V-R Bullets Pod on Twitter. You can find me at Land Grant Holy Land this fall as the grumpy old Buckeye, giving you my, my hot takes on uh, what what made me go shake my fist at the sky and yell at clouds after the game. Uh, that's, that's what I bring you every week. And uh, sometimes it's all in fun and tongue in cheek. Sometimes it's actually stuff that really irritated me. And uh, we can commiserate together in the wake of hopefully win after win for Ohio state, but we'll, we'll see how things go starting with that Notre Dame game. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Three weeks from Saturday. All right. Be sure to check out the Land Grant Holy Land podcast feed. There are a variety of shows all in the same feed. So if you sign up for one, you get them all. And uh, there's a lot of variety. There's college basketball, there's recruiting, there's college football, and um, on and on and on. And of course, so go to landgrantholyland.com and check out the stuff there. They've got content every day, fresh, piping hot right out of the oven for you. <laughs> The, uh, the college football fan, and they're doing a bang-up job on uh, covering Ohio State basketball recruiting right now, too, as well. So, again, thanks to Matt and the guys over at Land Grant Holy Land. Thank you, Chip. I'm looking forward to this season, this 2022 college football season, and there's nothing left for us to do at this point but sign off the way we always do by saying, Go Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs>